3: Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. This This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: Simply go to GEICO.com or contact your local agent today.
3: This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network.
1: GEICO asks, how would you love a chance to save some money on insurance? Of course you would.
2: Hello, I'm Ian McIntosh and welcome to the Fighting Cock podcast. Have we got a show for you? There will be important information on the 1882 and where you need to go and what you need to do. We'll also be talking about Burnley and what happened there. We'll be talking about Sunderland. Wasn't it encouraging? Not only that, we'll be looking ahead to Sheffield United in the League Cup. We'll be looking ahead to Leicester in the FA Cup. But more importantly than that, we'll be talking about NoFap 2015 and how long he can go without masturbating. You do not want to miss this show.
4: it's the fight in. it's the fight in. it's the fight in. it's the fight in. A, fighting. Cock. a camel
5: It's episode 24 season 4 of the Fighting Cock podcast. Welcome gentlemen. Hello, evening. Hello. How's everyone doing? Good. good. We've got Windy. Hello. We've got Flowny Svilf. Hello. And we've got Ian McIntosh of Football Weekly. Oh yeah. Actually, tell us what you're from.
2: Um, I am from Essex. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I'm now running the website The Set Pieces, mm. as well as being a reporter for ESPN. Excellent. And, and a reporter for ESPN means going to games, sitting, it does. sitting in the press boxes. It does. And including the uh, press box of White Hart Lane this weekend.
5: Yeah, right. there was a, someone tweeted a picture of you
2: um, looking decidedly glum. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's me in deep focus. That's, uh, that's professionalism radiating out of me. <laughs> um,
5: yeah, before we go into, we're going to talk a little bit to you, uh, quite a lot actually. Otherwise, what's the point of you being here? <laughs> um, we, uh, we've got uh, 1882 uh, Wolves on Thursday at Dagan Red Bridges ground. It's uh, 7 p.m. kickoff. We're meeting at Hamilton Hall in Liverpool Street uh, about five o'clock. Uh, come for a couple of beers. We'll leave at six, head towards uh, Victoria Road. I think it's Victoria Road uh, Stadium. Uh, Wolves are bringing some... They, they, they've offered free travel to their fans.
0: Mm-hmm. I heard this, yeah, yeah. It sounds like they might have a bit of a crowd to come... Well, they're,
5: they're bringing a firm, are they? Yeah.
0: They're bringing, bringing they are
5: bringing on their toes. Some of their top, top boys. boys. <laughs> Um, that, yeah, so much so that I, I got an email from the club saying that there wasn't going to be any segregation, but now they're segregating. OK, they see. They know what's going to happen. So we need to bring bring some numbers down, come tooled <laughs> up. No, don't bring any fireworks or, or pyro of any kind We'll get into lots of trouble. Don't bring any tools, just bring your, yourselves. Bring your voices. Bring your lungs, yeah, exactly. Uh, and there isn't a lot of people asking about Leicester in the, um, in the FA Cup Saturday week. Oh, nice. No. is it this Saturday? Is this week? Saturday. Oh, wow, wow, OK, this Saturday. Uh, it, we couldn't do it, basically. unless Leicester take, took their entire allocation, and as we've said many times on the pod, it's either 35 or not at all, really. Um, people keep saying, we'll just pick another block, but Block 35, for about the millionth time, <laughs> only, only place where there's no season ticket holders, and we're going to run into problems if we do it in another block, and... It's full of season ticket holders who don't really want to get involved. And not everyone wants to follow football in the same way that 1882 does. So, you know, we're not doing it. Um, But feel free to buy in 34 if you have to, but it's not 1882. I was going to ask
6: about Fiorentina. Have you inquired about Fiorentina?
5: Yeah, no. I said I would, T. I promised you, but I didn't. Well, it's on
6: a podcast now, so everyone can hear it.
5: Yeah, I didn't do it. I'm really sorry. (laughs) But but he will. Flavreau. I will look into it. It's on sale, isn't it? I don't think so. So right. often, not for members. Well, I want to look into it. I'll definitely, I'll do that for you, T. Thank you. Okay. Um, yes. Yeah, so Ian, thank you very much for coming down. Oh, thank you very much for having me. It's not often we get someone with plus seventy thousand followers on on the uh, on, on the podcast. podcast but you don't though. have a blue tick, so. No, no. What, and to what's be honest,
2: seventy thousand—that's just more people to call you the bad word. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a good thing. You've had uh, you've had a few run-ins
5: with with people on Twitter not from your perspective, but other people trying to get you.
2: Yeah, yeah, I mean, like, sometimes there's there's people who just insist on making your life a misery, they call you names, they shout at you, they... they... But enough about my wife, let's <laughs> get, back to, get back to Tottenham. Yeah, fair <laughs> enough. Uh, but you're not actually a Spurs fan, you're a South End fan, aren't you? I am, I'm afraid. Yeah, yeah my dad... Um... Uh, I'd been, you know, growing up in the home counties, like anyone else who grew up in the home counties who didn't have a natural affiliation, um, I was a Liverpool supporter because they were always on the telly. And there was... uh, This is difficult for younger listeners, but in the old days, there was, if anything, just one game a week on TV. Um, And in my era, it was Liverpool. But on my 12th birthday, my dad said, ''I'm going to take you to a game.'' Uh, Southend or Colchester which I think is the worst fucking choice anybody has <laughs> yeah. ever been given um, but I chose Southend and I was beguiled instantly by the uh, scent of stale urine and fried onions underneath <laughs> that corrugated iron roof of the North Stand and so began an entirely loveless affair
6: I think he <laughs> grinsed you though I think it did. It better mean Liverpool though.
2: Well, it's nice when you meet new people. If you were to say you support Liverpool and you have an accent like this, yeah. you know, I can imagine that it's not particularly pleasant. If you say, say Southend, there's one thing that everybody says to you instantly, and that's Southampton. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then when they get through... <laughs> through, the, you know, through the heads that you actually do support Southend legitimately and you're not winding them up. It's, it's always like a little, little head cocked to one side. Oh, <really>? God bless <laughs> Good you. for you. God bless Good you. <laughs> <laughs>
5: <laughs> What's it like going to, to, to a loyal league club regularly? <clears throat> I mean,
2: Well, I, it's been um, a few years because I started doing this job in 2007 and that doesn't leave an awful lot of time, but the 2006-2007 season was my last season going regularly and it's, it's brilliant because it's your success. If that actually happens, which as a South end fan it doesn 't happen very often, um, but we did have some great times. We beat Manchester United of course, at Roots Hall in the League Cup in two thousand and six, and that was I can imagine when you 're Tottenham and you win something, you have a great result there 's so many people all around the world getting involved when you 're South end and you have a result like that. It's just you and about 10,000 other people on the planet, and yeah. that's it. And it does make it really special, yeah. um, mm. which, which is only just enough to make up for how bloody awful it is the rest of the time. I
6: don't know, was it Freddie Eastwood? Or it was. I keep calling him Barney Eastwood. That was Bam McGregor's manager, wasn't it, the boxing manager? That's
5: yeah. right. Yeah. I, I know all his different names
2: and <laughs> we? Well, Freddie Eastwood, he was like a, an Irish traveller,
5: He right? was a
6: traveller,
2: he was a Roman. He was. He was often spotted uh, riding his horse and cart. Up, yeah. uh, dual carriageways across Essex. He um, had a bit of a. a his career took a, a, a kind of a, a sort of upwards trajectory after that. The problem was his head was turned. He was a very simple, very simple boy um, who came through West Ham and he didn't quite make the grade. And he actually gave up on football completely for about six months. Went to work with his dad and then he came back in through non-league, Canvey Island. He scored a, a hat trick on his debut. Um, for South End and and he was absolutely incredible but the problem was the goal against Manchester United alerted everyone to how good he was and for the back end of that season Hall was filled with scouts every single week Middlesbrough were very, very close <coughs> but when your head gets turned and you lose that, that fire and that determination I, I can't remember the exact stats but it's something like he scored 10 before the Man United goal and about 2 or 3 afterwards um, and all of a sudden the Premier League teams weren't Really looking, he ended up at Wolves for one and a half million pound, and I honestly don't think he scored more than twenty first-class goals mm. since he left. Mm. Ouch! Um, oh, yeah, it was Wolves, yeah, that's very well. He came oh, back to Coventry. us. He came back to us, but it was a little wider and a, a lot slower, <laughs> oh. and it just—it it wasn't the same. But yeah, he ended up at Coventry after yeah. that.
6: But you had some players over there. You had um, Stan Collymore, oh. I remember, remember him there?
2: Collymore was amazing. Uh, no word of a lie. He was like a kind of armour-plated Thierry Henry. Remains the best player I've ever seen in the flesh um, at South End. but um, but I'll always have a, a special place in my heart for Chris Powell as well, yeah. the world's most reliable and lovely left-back. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently he's a Spurs fan. Is he? Yeah, so sort of oh, i I did not know this. was yeah. uh, even better. Yeah, well, if, if Phil Brown leaves at, at some point, we'll gladly welcome Chris Powell back if he can lower himself.
5: For the sake of the podcast,
2: your Premier League team is Tottenham, to know, right? Yeah, no, absolutely. Why, why would that be an issue? We, we're all tooled up here, you know. On a mat. I only brought my lungs, they're no good in a fight. <laughs> uh, and you wrote... I mean, you're, you've written a few books, is that right? Yeah. Uh, but the,
5: the most successful or the most well-known would be the Football Manager books. Yeah, my
2: Football Life. Manager Stole My Life um, did really well. It was weird because we... I I had actually tried to pitch a book of that type to publishers in 2008 and no one wanted to listen. And the guy in Scotland, Neil White, also went around trying to pitch a game, uh, a a book exactly the same on that computer game and and no one wanted to listen. And the difference between the two of us was that I went to the pub, had a drink and forgot about it. And he set up his own publishing company (laughs) and made one of the first books he published, a football manager book. Um, So it was only through Twitter that I heard about it and sent my congratulations and told him my story. And he got back in touch and went, ''Well, we're doing a group thing, so if you want to come and get involved.'' And uh, I couldn't get to Scotland fast enough. It was was just so much fun to work on and just the first time that I could ever really legitimise playing football manager. Um, which, which is fantastic in an argument, uh, domestically. What are you doing? Playing football manager again? No, no, I am working. working yeah. <laughs> this book, I tell you. In three years' time, I'll be on a Tottenham podcast and it'll be one of the first things they ask me about, <laughs> mark my words. <laughs> <laughs> what, what What's it about? I mean, essentially, it says t- it's called
5: 20 Years of a Beautiful Obsession and it, does that mean kind of buying it and playing it every year?
2: I I am afraid I have owned every single incarnation of that game Um, Mm. from the first time the floppy disk was handed to me by a friend who said, borrow this and you'll buy it in three days' time. He was actually wrong. It was about 24 hours later, yeah, yeah, yeah. I was hurrying down to the shop to buy it. Uh, and I've been kind of addicted ever, ever since. But the book is it's basically like a coffee table companion. It's stories about the game, about some of the players who've been immortalised by the game. Yeah. Uh, there's a long interview between me and a psychiatrist about the effects that the game has on the, on the mind, um, which are not as bad as you might think. You might think it's awful, but it's, it's actually very encouraging. Uh, and then at one point they allowed me to just play Championship Manager 2001-2002 for ten years and just write about what happened, which was easily the best job I've ever had. Yeah, that's incredible. I've met Miles Jacobson, actually. Have you Have you ever There's met him? The, the Willy Wonka
5: of Football Manager. Yeah, The, yeah. the Ideas Factory. Absolutely. Yeah. He's the top of the pot, And he's he's such a lovely man. Yeah. And yeah. it's so good that he's he gets to do his dream job. I went into his office and it was... I, I did an interview for a and he, it was like a... An internet magazine, and sat in his office. We went down to the pub, but we spent some time in his office. And it was, it was like a bomb had hit, full of paraphernalia <laughs> from Football Manager. And he opened up this cupboard, and went, "Take what you want." Wow. <laughs> and I was Just like, "Yep, yeah, all right, I'm taking all of this." I didn't own like various consoles, but I had the games. <laughs> well, I haven't played it since I was a kid, and I remember spending, was well, a teenager. I think university was when I first mm. thought I need to give this up. <laughs> it, wasn't, it wasn't a relationship or anything like that. And uh, um, Yeah, I just, it was just a, uh, a fantastic experience getting up in the morning, wrapping a quilt around me with a cup of tea and a toast and sitting there for nine hours, ten hours. Just that one more game.
0: That's the thing, that always got you, wasn't it, just that one more, and then it became just this, just finish off this season. Yeah. And I remember at one point, I think I must have been 13, so this must have been Championship Manager 96, 97, and I was determined to take Rushton and Diamonds to the Premier League in consecutive seasons, and our computer room was through my sister's bedroom. So I'd I'd sort of camped in there for most of a Sunday, and I thought, I need to get this done, I need to prioritise this. (laughs) And it was half-term. And I managed to put some pillows in my own bed, so my parents thought I was asleep in bed. Oh, my. And to stay in the computer room through my sister's bedroom. The only flaw in the plan was that I needed a toilet about 3 o'clock in the morning. So I had to sneak out from my sister's bedroom, and she heard the door go. There was a lock in her door, and I had to undo the lock, and she heard it as I was creeping out. And I got in so much trouble. Did she was in Russia? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, oh She no. hated me playing it because it meant she kind of lost a bit of her privacy because I was playing that game again.
7: Yeah,
0: <laughs> that game. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> Tommy stinked on used and he stinked in the
5: diamonds. <laughs> that was a year they had a lot of money, weren't they? It was run by uh, yeah, they
0: were a, really good a team criminal,
5: pick. in inverted commas, businessman. You
6: you've a heard of a big Leon Knight's story by now, haven't you? Oh, yeah. God.
5: Oh, yeah, yeah. there's a there's another podcast called Shoot
6: Defense. Shoot Defense,
5: and they've got Leon Knight on there. I think we talked about it before, but it's the most incredible episode. It's just fantastic because he's so candid and so open about his his career and the people that have wronged him. And he talks with such vitriol about these people that it's just fascinating hearing. Have a listen, Ian, if you haven't already. It's amazing. OK, uh, and then your new project is at uh, the, the com.
2: Yeah, that's um, a website which is a bit weird because there's no transfer gossip on there. There's, there's no heat maps. Um, there's no... Conjecture There's no columns about Galatasaray by people who've been really good at Galatasaray and Football Manager. Um, it's just proper full length football features. Everything has to be first hand, everything has to be authoritative. So there's no point just writing something um, on the basis of a, you know, a book you read. It has to be someone who's been there. So, weirdly, I said the thing about Galatasaray and um, got an email about two days later from an English journalist in Turkey who wanted to write about Galatasaray. I was like, there you go, that, <laughs> that ticks a box. Yeah, I'll take that. We had, uh, though this will be of absolutely no interest to your listeners, we had Adrian Clark, who used to play for Arsenal in the mid-'90s, um, talking about Bruce Rioc. And the one forgotten Bruce Rioxx season um, in in the mid-'90s there. That was a a great piece. Um, We're doing a a feature called Vox in the Box, where I'm going to interview some of the most influential journalists in the industry that opened with uh, an interview with Brian Glanville where he called Sir Bobby Robson grotesquely overrated what? and derided a colleague of his in the 1950s as uh, a, as a fraud and a cheat and someone who used to write the most awful shit. Yeah. Um, so that that was a that was a high bar set yeah. there. Uh, but it's just good fun. It's just it's uh, an opportunity to write all of the things that I Want to write rather than doing some of the stuff that you'll see done and done and done and rehashed on the internet.
0: Yeah, and it's good timing that you're on this week because you wrote an article about the Spurs game. I did, day, including the line while Harry Kane scampered around in the hole like a six-year-old boy gleefully kicking over piles of leaves, which I, I adored. <laughs> <laughs> really I have
2: that. not in so many years seen a footballer who's having as much fun as Harry Kane. It's just brilliant. Um, he's just he. I think he's one of those rare players who plays as if he was one of us, as as if you know, if we. Got five minutes playing for Tottenham, yeah. um, or in my case, South End. That's the effort level we've put in for those five minutes, so yeah. he, he just does it all the time.
6: But it's not Jimmy Bullard fun, it's normal people fun. You know? yeah. yeah,
2: he's just a bloody bloke.
5: Yeah. He's a normal
6: bloke, he just loves Post Spurs and you know. Plays like a fan.
5: Well, this is why, you know, the song, he's one of our own. I mean, there's, you know, there's a little bit of debate about where he came from and what he, who he played for beforehand. But I think most Spurs fans don't really take any of that seriously because, and it isn't just because he came through our youth team, it's because he plays like one of us would play. And he just seems to have so, so much fun.
6: Well, there's that rumour there's that, rumor that um, he confront. well, he actually spoke up in the Stoke game that... Um, yeah, we're not trying our best, we should be doing better, and a few of the players, well, Kabul, no matter knows, no names, yeah. <laughs> um, wasn't happy about it, and since that game, we've actually turned it around, so, you know, that, that's another thing in his
5: favour. Future captain, the Tottenham.
6: Yeah,
5: yeah. Yeah, well, we'll see. Uh, it's fantastic, and um, it's nice to hear someone who isn't a Spurs fan to kind of see that as well, because we've seen in... All right, I've seen it in Harry Kane for years, how good a player he's going to be. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I remember I told you about him, Wendy. Yeah, I remember you told me a thing or two about Harry
6: Kane. Yeah. After that Hearts game, yeah, you were all over.
5: Yeah. Why don't we move on to the weekend? Um, actually, before we do that, what is your Twitter handle? You did not need any more yeah. followers.
2: But yeah. <laughs> it's uh, Ian McIntosh, which is Ian with two eyes, and McIntosh like the computer, and that's it. Perfect. Feel feel free to follow and call me bad words. Yeah, everyone absolutely. else does. <laughs> all right. So Burnley, um, we
5: we'll touch a little bit about Burnley because it was it was great. I mean, it was there, there was only twenty four thousand, and I think it was yeah. much lower. I, I was there and I was looking around, and I thought it was sub well, twenty.
0: tickets sold, isn't it? The attendance they announced at the end of the games? and in reality, not that many people turned up. People probably bought tickets for loyalty points. Possibly. It's
6: nineteen eighty four all over again. <laughs> they're,
0: they're feeding us lies. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. that's exactly what's happening. But the atmosphere was was brilliant, um, or it certainly felt brilliant from the 1882 section. The Burnley fans weren't as good as they were in the league game, they weren't there in as many numbers, but they 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 tried to create a bit of an atmosphere. But they brought well, Jesus. They did bring yeah. Jesus. They Jesus. They brought Jesus along. There we, was a g- we saw Jesus. <laughs>
5: we, saw Jesus. <laughs> we saw Jesus. He's back. <laughs> they only taking 2014 years,
2: 15 years. It's a strange place to reappear. Wait, I know. Well, and go to Burnley They mean. need they
0: needed a miracle. they were 42 down. So yeah. They need something. Well, he, he, he stood up. A guy who
5: looked at, identical to Jesus. So he didn't have the robes. He was in contemporary clothing, and he uh, he stood <laughs> he stood up. I don't know what happened. It was just I, I I didn't see him, and then suddenly everyone was just going Jesus, Jesus, like <laughs> shining someone's name yes. at, at someone was a bad insult. It's like going fly Flav like yeah. Um, <laughs> did he give us a song though? You asked he for did. a song. Did yeah, yeah, yeah. What, was the, what did he sing? I
7: think he did the jazz hands
6: of Oh and the Spurs, isn't it? I think he's winding us up with that with jazz hands. Yeah, yeah, fair enough.
0: Yeah.
5: yeah. Anyway, anyway, prick. Fuck <laughs> off t- <laughs> back to Burnley,
0: Peters. <laughs> it was a good match though, and when Spurs played well, and the the thing that kind of took my interest was that a number of the peripheral players actually put in decent performances. Townsend was my man of the match, but also Paulinho had a really good game. And uh, Bardi was thrilled when Paulinho scored. His it lies lit good, up, but yeah. he went, it's Paulinho! Paulinho scored! <laughs> uh, and Capu had a really good game as well. Genuinely quite impressed by him in the second half. I think
5: Burnley put out a weakened team as well.
0: Yeah. Was it weakened? Uh, uh, they like rested really. four players, I think. They didn't be, uh, We rested, was it seven or eight players? So, yeah. You know, both teams rested players. We were the better side, deserved the win. The only downside was the Kabul, multiple arguments, but notably with uh, where, And where yeah, Vorm and Kabul in the second half had a bit of a set too as well. But the Vitongen one was the one that kind of took the headlines. All the pictures were taken of that argument, and it's it wasn't great. And the fans instantly got behind Vitongan, which kind of. Made it a bit awkward, and there were some songs in support of Kabul as well, but they didn't really. They got it off.
5: shattered down rightly. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
7: they,
6: go. they got yeah.
5: shattered down. No, I, the, the problem with this is that it's not. It's all almost all of this is Cabal's fault. I yeah. mean, people like there was the, the 1882 got quoted in or, or referenced in Daily Mail article. Not that's good in any way, but Cabal's um, almost engineered this situation by being dropped by being quoted as uh, or, or, or or outed as one of the players that led the rebellion against um, Pochettino, Pochettino a few months back and for the kind of non-celebration of goals on the bench when we've scored. And all of this adds, and his and his poor performance. So all it adds is, is, is to this kind of growing discontent among the fans in, in his ability to perform. And I mean, that relates a little bit to Adi Bayor, which we'll come on say, to. Yeah.
0: Whereas the Tongans really turned it around this season, and he seems to be a bit more happy go lucky, and the fans are well and truly back on side with him. You mean my mate, the Your mate, the time,
6: <laughs> Why is he a mate, Flab? What could have happened over the weekend? <laughs> that makes him your
0: friend. Uh,
5: so I was in Gilgamesh in, in Camden. I'm beaming. Nice you know? <laughs> I'm actually, I can't, I'm, I'm like such a little child. Because I, I walked in there, my brother sent me a text message a meeting for my brother's wife's birthday and um, I, I didn't really... I mean, it's going to be a normal night, and, and I got a text message about ten minutes before I arrived at the venue and saying, oh, Chadley, Vertonghen and Stambouli are in this bar. And I was like, oh, wicked, I'll get to look at them from a distance, that'll be good. But I got there, and I couldn't not go to <laughs> stew them. Like, they were like magnets. I couldn't not do it, except every fibre in my being was saying, don't, don't go. Don't bother them. They don't want to speak to you. They don't give a shit about you. They don't care. Obviously, why would they? They're paid thousands of pounds a week. And it actually goes against my morals of saying, you know, they're there, they're mercenaries. But when you're in there... person, it's something else.
6: You weren't there, man. Yeah, you don't <laughs> know.
5: I've got the thousand yards there. And as I was walking, I was going, don't, 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 just leave. Go, go, pretend you're going to the toilet. And then I saw him, was like... And Vatongan, I swear to God, he locked eyes with me. He did. <clears throat> It sounds like it's building up for a kiss. Yeah, <laughs> I would have taken it. I would have, if I could have, I would have. Is he even better looking in real life? He's a good-looking chap. Yeah, and
6: and Don Dooley looks smouldering in the picture.
5: Zoolander, bought. very Zoolander. Yeah, he had his top done really low. Yeah, and when I was like, bending like over, never. him, I couldn't help but look down, down down his shirt. And his cleavage. Yeah, he was he was uh, he's a well-developed man.
0: He was, <laughs> he was superb on Taste as well. He was he was fantastic.
5: <laughs> anyway, I got I got some photos with them, and I went over to to Nasia Chadley. Uh, and I uh, got a photo with him as well, and I mentioned the dolphin stuff, and he looked at me like I was crazy. And he gave you a drink? And he gave me a drink! Yeah, he's like, take this drink! And I was like, really? Is there Is a it, r- Was it a take this drink and leave? <laughs> no, no, I was on my way. Take this drink, it's No, I was on my way, and he goes, hold on, hold on, hold on. And I was like, oh my God, dude, what, what? What do you want to know? Anything. And, it, <laughs> and he, uh, he gave me a drink. And I went, is there a hypno or anything? What's going to happen to me? <laughs> but no, he, t- he took it and uh, I took it back to my brothers and it was uh, it was one of the best moments of my entire life. <laughs> and that makes me look ridiculous, <laughs> but I'm just being honest. You're, I you're loved a, it. a totally I fan. Like
6: football fan is. Absolutely, what? these little moments. So
5: excited. And I went up to Patonga and I said, what about that goal? I mean, what's going on? Like I, That was never offside. And he just went, the idiots. <laughs> <laughs> that, that was what, a Dutch accent but you said up like to Dutch, Belgian, Belgian accent
6: you <laughs> said it's was like to it? I, I also,
5: yeah I also said I, I said because he was really kind of po-faced you know no emotion at all and I said to him that ball you played for Soldado to cross for Rose's goal was fantastic absolutely superb ball and he beamed he smiled it came on his face and I was like that's amazing and made man. him feel good
2: yeah I made him feel good and I do that to people, generally. <laughs> you do, Flav, you do. Maybe but you're the only person who said it, because uh, there used to be a thing about Bobby Moore at West Ham that no-one ever said, well done, Bobby, because everyone just expected him to be that good. And yeah. then he moved clubs and someone said, well done. He was like, do you know, you're the first person to say well done <laughs> oh, to me I'll in press. ten years. Yeah, maybe that's it. Maybe, maybe you just made his... You genuinely
0: made his day. I hope you, so. You gave Stombudy the metaphorical arm around the shoulder. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he to help
5: settle in. If he rises like a phoenix now, then, uh, you know, it's all yeah. me. Okay, uh, and Sunderland, uh, Ian, what did you think? Because you was there as, uh, you know, kind of impartial.
2: I I, I thought it was a really encouraging performance, um, to be honest. I've I've not been quiet in my criticism of Tottenham um, over the last few years just because I think every time they look to be making progress, something goes against them. Then they panic and react and then they change everything and it's another transitional season all over again. Um, and I did worry for Pochettino because the style of football he plays, the kind of micromanagement of tactics, relies upon everybody doing their job. And that's easier to do with, um, say, a Southampton team who are in fear of relegation, who a lot of the players have made their name in the lower leagues and don't particularly want to go back. It's easier to, to sell a, a grand master plan to players like that than it is to a Tottenham dressing room, which of course is, you know, you've got Redknapp players, you've got Villash boas players, you've got... Sherwood players, not so many of them Just but, one Yeah, it's, it, it, it's, a, it's a disparate band But you've also got the young players that Sherwood had had sort of promoted <laughs> through um, It's a really hard group to unite and they're all on ludicrous wages as well So I didn't really fancy his chances of, of managing to unify that lot, but in recent weeks it's, it's beginning to come together They're by no means a finished article and I certainly wouldn't worry too much about Champions League football, but <coughs> if you'll excuse me Um, It was the running off the ball that really caught the eye The energy levels expended throughout the game And particularly in the closing stages Everybody had a plan Everybody was sticking to the plan There was not quite enough um, Attacking intent there for me I'd still rather see Harry Kane pushed up Rather than sitting deep um, Or Harry Kane just in place of Soldado And someone else sitting deep Mm. I think that would have improved them But Ericsson coming off the right flank was absolutely superb The midfield was rock solid and when was the last time you have been that impressed by Tottenham defence? I mean, Eric Deere had Jermaine Defoe pretty much in his pocket. Um, he marshaled him out to one side when Defoe broke through in the first <laughs> half, and the second half, there was a big ball over the top, for once Defoe wasn't offside, and Vertonghen was there to wrap him all up as well. Did it was just a really encouraging performance.
0: Did you see the tweet that uh, Daniel Story, who writes for Football 365, put out about Defoe? I, I thought that was fantastic. Uh, Saturday's Jermaine Defoe classified scores... Offsides four, shots one Oof. Offsides four, shots on target, nil <laughs> Offsides four, passes five <laughs> He made five passes in the whole game I mean, he was... I expected Defoe to score in that match just because he's normally scored on his well, debut He
2: always scores on his debut and he's playing against his ex-club exactly. and, it just made, you, know, it, it, you
0: thought the planets would align and he's yeah, scored. yeah,
2: but um, obviously Sunderland are a team more given to appalling fortune than, than Tottenham and it, it neutralised itself but a theme we've got on this
6: podcast of late is that you know, the, the players are all comrades. It's like communist Tottenham.
2: You know, it's like, you
6: know, that, and then what you said just pretty much you know, just puts that all together. There's a, there's a
2: unified plan. Yes.
6: That's yeah.
2: A greater good that we're, we're moving towards. And if you look at the bench that day, of course, you've got Paulinho and Adebayo, who between them are probably pulling in the better part of 300 grand a week, and they're on the bench. And, yeah. and that, I think, is, it sounds ridiculous, but that's a good thing. Um Pochettino has clearly found the core of the team that he trusts and the shape of the team Do that you he know, trusts. It
7: finally
5: feels like we have someone leading yes. the on-field things. Whereas we, the on-field matters and, and, and what's happening on the pitch, we have someone responsible. And if things go wrong, there is one man responsible because he's dropping big names, he's dropping Bayor. I know Adibaiola was dropped under villas Baris, but you, you kind of think at the beginning of the season he was undroppable. He was clearly our best striker. But little did we know that he, you know, he wasn't. like You knew. But. I mean, the, <laughs> the
6: fears, the fears that we had was that Levy would back the players over the manager. Yeah. A lot of these players have seen off boss after boss after boss. You've seen off, um, I don't know, Redknapp, Yole... All these managers have seen him off, but now it's like, well, I presume Cabo went to leave, as you know, I'm not happy with the manager. And he, leave just said, well, fuck off. <declined> <museum feet. inaudible> you know, we're going to back the manager now. And now we can see the fruits of his labour with Kane and Mace and all these hard-working players, is working, working their hearts out.
5: You've, <coughs> you see what Levy Le- 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 must absolutely love, Pochettino, and you can tell that it was his first choice. Because look what he did to Southampton. He turned very, well, not very average, average players into. Hugely marketable players. So, Lovren, the price Lovin went for, um, Lalana, uh, Chambers. I mean, <laughs> Chambers is good. Don't get me wrong, but it's not better than Klein, though. It probably isn't. And, and, and Mitchell said he came out and Paul Mitchell. He, he said uh, he looked at the two. It was his decision to let Chambers go for 16 million because they knew that they had a better right back in Klein. And you think, what has Pochettino already done to our, the value of our players? If you want to look at it in that way, I mean, Harry Kane's value is quadrupled probably um, Benzalev's value has is, is remained as high as it, is, as it was Rose's do you know what I mean so he in terms of business and what Levy's interested in he's perfect for Pochettino so there's no reason why he wouldn't back him to the hilt I mean history says that he won't but yeah. we'll see
6: I mean the are just talk about Arsenal but they've got a very specific system and when they sell their players they don't generally do better when they move on and it was similar with the players they sold at Southampton like Lalana and Lambert. none of them have really gone into bigger and better things and Maybe it's broadness at Tottenham, you know, players who fit in with what he wants. I mean, there are players that we need in our in our squad. And people are saying, I don't know, get I don't know Higuain and players like that. But we just need players who will listen to what Poschino will say. You mentioned earlier that Dyer played well. You know, he's malleable. Maybe, maybe that's what Vertonghen is, someone who will listen to what he's got to say. Obviously, Fazio can be independent and do what he likes, but Dyer was someone who's happy to sit at the knee of Vertonghen and see what he does.
0: That was Dyer's first start at centre back since the opening day of the season, I and, so it, and he was. Moved I was going to
5: to I'm going to correct you. i going to correct you. He was moved to right back as well. He in that game well,
0: he started. Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, I mean, he's barely played at centre back, and he looked ultra composed. Oh. Uh, brought the ball out of defence really well, and actually, the chances that came to Sunderland were mostly of Tongans making. There was a, the Defoe moment where he potentially uh, could have given away. A penalty uh, against the foe, the turn and then Vertonghen played uh, Fletcher onside for the for the really good chance he had and then the free kick which they scored was also Vertonghen's fault whereas Dyer was not faultless but not far off it but my man of the match was Stombudy as I mentioned before I thought he was absolutely superb a kind of backing up our attacks and when you're playing against a team that doesn't break forward too much and you've constantly got the ball and you're trying to probe and create chances you need that central midfielder who will be the one to win the second balls and put you back on the front foot and he made seven recoveries, ball recoveries in the Sunderland half
6: um, How many grand jaws did he win? <laughs>
0: <laughs> he also, interestingly, attempted more passes than any other player on the pitch so he saw a lot of the ball as well, so it wasn't just work I i mean the he board. failed
5: in his passes more than anyone on the pitch?
0: He's part, I think it was something like 85% pass completion which isn't, isn't a disgrace it's not too bad at all uh, but he was he was excellent, I thought. Um and also a good cameo from Adebayor, his first appearances for or well, first league appearance since early November. And he had pretty much the same involvement in the game as Soldado did, but in half the time. And he, he looked pretty not I wouldn't say sharp, he didn't look like he was gonna go and score a couple of goals, but he, he was involved. Uh he chased around, which was kind of what fans were complaining about Adebayor before the, the, the big absence. Uh, and he seemed kind of interested, which was a n- which was nice to see going into this period of the season. I, mean, I was going to say about Dyer. I believe flagged made this point a while back that he's actually very quick.
6: I think um, the him being probably the quickest player in the Premier League. What, really? Is, yeah, I think he's quicker than like you know the usual suspects like Walker suspect and all that. Someone with the head, he, it, to, it be able to run. <laughs> it. <laughs> exactly. it's yeah. forceps, isn't it? But um, <laughs> yeah. I think he made him a mistake. Th- I don't know if it was Wickham who got through and he got and he recovered brilliantly to make yeah. the tackle. That just showed the pace, the pace yes. Can we
5: just go back to Adebayor, because yes, he got booed when he came on, and I just wonder what you guys thought, I mean, what was your reaction to that? Did you hear it?
2: I did, I did hear it. Um, I was a little bit surprised, but then, I, the problem with Bayor is, he can be one of the best strikers in the Premier League. When everything is going for him, when he's peck is up and his effort's in, he can be absolutely unplayable, it's just... That, what's that 10-15% of the time mm. so I guess I, I can entirely understand why the frustration's there but maybe I, I would as a fan have saved it until the end of the game right. when there's reason to do it I'm never sure if it puts a player in the right mind to get booed onto the pitch however that said um, and, and as Windy said the the effort that he put in was, was very very clear from the first minute he was chasing after everything um, so maybe maybe he's just a player who needs it uh, there, was a, there was an Arsenal game I can't remember which one Oh God! I've just remembered which one it was against you, lot. Oh God! Um, Tottenham Arsenal when you were two or three nil up and then Arsenal came back and scored five. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. What at half time? This is the list of people calling me bad words on Twitter has just gone through the roof. Get (laughs) him, (laughs) (laughs) Theo. I've only got my lungs. <laughs> um, Theo Walcott uh, was booed off the pitch at half time and then came back with a match-winning game. So maybe sometimes you do need to boo the arse off players. I think it's a bit of a myth uh, about
5: Adebayo not working. I, I don't think he's lazy at all. I've seen him many, many times run down fullbacks, run the channels. I think it's just a kind of easy story to or an easy narrative to perpetuate. And actually, he's he works harder. I'm not saying that he doesn't. He, he has the right attitude. Sometimes he is very irritating. But to boo, boo! I thought I heard it on another podcast. What was it? The uh, the top, the Tottenham. <laughs> <laughs> I Go on. The Tottenham Family Podcast. I actually quite like it. It's very rough and rugged and very raw around the edges, and they're very new. But I I enjoy listening to it. talked about. <laughs> it's a good podcast. Talk, they were talking about eating Seb Blatter this week, which was uh, about like, doing what to eat, eat, eating him, oh, eating his body, and okay. uh, what it would be like. Was it
6: puns around the name or just? i don't know I can't remember but,
5: but yeah uh and what was I talking about by, by <laughs> <laughs> I got distracted by eating so <laughs> what about him then? Eh? oh yeah, you know like no. when when uh when the first thing you're doing, no matter when you're booing a player if he's wearing your shirt, is you're booing the the colors of your club, and that it makes you look ridiculous so imagine the you remember the amount of fun we had uh at Arsenal's expense when they booed a boo a a, 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 a bu. And you think you're making your club like a joke, and now your Spurs fans are doing it, and it's embarrassing. What we've not touched on: this is this is his first home game
6: since the Stoke game, and I believe after that game he said um, he would rather play away where he doesn't get abuse, other than play at home. So he slagged the fans off, and a lot of fans have not forgotten that. And there's, um, you know, there's a lot of fans who didn't want him at Tottenham, and they were never really warmed to him. He's a very polarising character, so I can understand why they, but I don't think. It was, a, it was a minority, I think it's a matter of There was a minority of people booing, mm. but um, I know I've previously said on this podcast people shouldn't boo, but I mean, Adebayo being Adebayo is that's going to happen.
0: It's, it's going to happen. He's managed to
5: do it in most clubs he's been to, you know, people.
0: He he gave a quite an interesting <laughs> interview today. I think, I, I want to say it was a telegraph, um, but I, I can't be sure of that, but he, he said a couple of things I liked and one I wasn't so sure about, and he was talking about Pochettino at first, and he said, he knows what I've been through and I can trust him like a friend. It's always good to have a man-manager like him, which I thought was a very encouraging comment about Pochettino. He's someone who can relate to the players and who they can trust and get on with. But then he went on to say, um, he spoke about things not being right with his family, so he decided to go home and find a solution. That's fine. Compassionately, that's, you know, if someone's got an issue they need to sort out, it's better that they get it sorted out rather than it linger and play on their minds. But then he said, the main thing for me is to get my head right and my life back on track. Football's only a game... We enjoy it, we embrace it, but sometimes you have to take a break. And for me, that feels like, I don't know, it's a little bit of the Benoit Suokotu side of things where he's basically admitting that football isn't a be-all and end-all to him, which is fine and normal, is what you'd expect, but as a fan, it's not what you want to hear. And it would be nicer if he just, in a way, paid lip service to us. Yeah. Since we effectively pay his wages.
5: Imagine, well, Imagine the club said... You know, paying your wages ain't the be all and end all to us. You know, we might yeah, you know, we need to take a break, basically, from paying your two hundred grand a week wages. I hope you understand, Daddy. <laughs> it's not personal, we just need a break from it. Yeah, we'll pay for your T V license, but I'll end up. <laughs> <Yeah>. Nothing. <laughs> Go yeah. away. Yeah. Yeah, it's your plan, fair.
0: <laughs> and he, I mean he went on to say, This is my work, what I do to feed my family. At the moment I have a contract with Tottenham, I'm committed to the club and I'll always give my best to them. And I think that's That's kind of shown in his performance at the weekend. He tried hard, he worked hard, but you don't get the same level of commitment as you do with a Harry Kane, as we were saying before, or with a Ryan Mason, where it really feels... And maybe that's because they're finding the way in the world of football still, and he's a kind of multi-millionaire who's been in the game for a long time and doesn't need to show that. Mm. But as a fan, it means so much to see that. And if Adebayo doesn't get the fans back on side, he definitely hasn't got a future at Spurs. He's I mean, don't think has a new is doesn't he is he out of contract this summer? He's got 18 months to go. Oh, for fuck's sake.
4: Really?
5: What?
7: <laughs> <laughs> I was just supporting him, so
5: I knew he'd be gone in the summer.
7: <laughs> <laughs> Fuck him.
5: It's time for him to go. <laughs> Boom! <laughs> 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 Fucking 18 months. When, when did he sign that contract? He's been here ages. He probably had an. Because you had a, you're, you're
2: a year him. on loan, didn't you? And and that was fine because there was urgency there. There was no there was no real contract. He had to play really well. He did play really well. It was fantastic he that was. season with bail on the left. Yeah, and then yeah, signed a left. really really long contract, and strangely performances dipped away. You can <laughs> understand if you're paying a grand for a season ticket, you can understand where you're getting a little bit. You know,
0: I'm yeah, tired
2: of it. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I, I just again, I can't reiterate enough. I would do it at the end of the game.
5: Yes. <laughs> would... but how would they know they're booing Eddie Boyle? <laughs> Good <Hey>! point. <laughs> just one together.
2: <laughs> Laser pointers. Everyone yeah. knows me now, anyway.
6: <laughs> uh, but I was going to say we. Um... Maybe we should have started with more width. I think we looked a lot more threatening when um, Andrews Townsend came on. I mean, even if the pass wasn't intended for, for Ericsson, I think we did look a bit more of a we did have
5: a bit more width. Great finish, though, from him. And it's great to see us. I mean, how many, how many late goals are we going to score this season? I think team? it's his
2: fifth winning goal, isn't it? And it, Five it, from eight in the last six minutes. And it's, it's, lo- amazing. Just, it's such a
5: glorious fit. I will never tire of scoring late goals. And I, want, look, I was listening to the commentary of Danny Murphy. I think it was Danny Murphy. Um, and he said, that's cruel. Cruel on Sunderland. How is that cruel? Cool? It wasn't. They really wasn't. It wasn't. He, wasn't it cool was we Sunderland. destroyed them in the second half. Like they literally got into our half maybe once or twice. And if you want to watch a team sit back, very compact, defend with the with all their might, then yeah, all right. If that was if that's what football's about, yeah, that's cruel. But if football's about attacking and entertaining and entertaining the people that are paying sixty pounds to go and see it, um, and then it's not t- fucking cruel. It's perfect. Good! <laughs> I hope you cry. All those little kids, the Sunderland kids, they should be crying. Oh, no, fuck them, Ian. <laughs> they deserve it. Their they should come down. Their
6: tears are lube. <laughs> yeah.
5: yeah. But, um. I forgot that. my bloody point now. You what? can't say children's try? tears alone. that's
0: fucking ridiculous.
5: <laughs> oh, I forgot my point in order. Just apologise and then we'll move on. So mean, it's car sorry.
0: engine he meant. Of
6: <laughs> yeah,
5: exactly. <laughs> or GTX. Yeah, yeah. All right, that's Go it. Well, you, got, you got a point or can we close this first off? OK, well, now we've got Windy. Uh, what's the what's it like this week? You do a good job this Just week? Just the with, usual, you know. Yeah, players, players out online. That's exactly players.
0: it, as you know. Yeah, good. Well, I'm getting a bit bored of it actually.
5: <laughs> you gotta wrap your game, all right. so, Otherwise you're out. <laughs> Alright, go, go to it. Hamburg. <laughs> yeah. First half of the fight and got a podcast done. Yeah. Windy to drop the fucking knowledge, blood. I see you, I've got your back.
0: Hi, Windy here, back with the weekly youth update, looking at our young players and players out on loan. Starting off with the loan players, Tom Carroll played the whole match for Swansea as they were trounced 5-0 at home by Chelsea. Ryan Fredericks is nearing a return to fitness for Middlesbrough after a thigh injury, but he didn't play again this week. Alex Pritchard played 89 minutes for Brentford as they won 1-0 at Brighton. Shaq Coulthurs was an unused sub for Southend and Tomislav Gamalt was an unused sub for Bari. Grant Hall came off injured on 72 minutes as Blackpool lost 2-0 at Wolves. And finally, it's still unclear whether Lewis Holtby's permanent transfer to Hamburg has been triggered, but this will most likely be the last time I include him in the update, as he's broken his collarbone whilst away on a training camp. The under-18s match on Saturday was postponed and has been rearranged. Their next match is next Saturday against Villa at the training centre. The under-21s play Leicester on Monday, also at the training centre. That's a midday kick-off. Doogie House, that's at HouseCalls88 on Twitter, has asked me to do a mini profile on Luke McGee, who he says looks a bit like Larice in his movements. McGee is a young goalkeeper. He's 19. He played 19 times for our under-18 side last season and twice for the under-21s. He also spent a couple of months on loan at Harlow. This season he's played nine matches so far for the under-21 side and he's been on the first team bench in the Europa League. He made his first team debut against Chicago Fire during the preseason tour of the USA and Canada. He's a fantastic stopper who, like Lloris, tries to be proactive and command his box. I'd say he's arguably a better passer already than Lloris, but he's definitely nowhere near as strong at taking crosses or reading the game. At 19, he has a lot of potential, but he will, I think, probably need a couple of loan spells in uh, the Football League to build strength and confidence. That's it for this week. But if you're interested in more young players, follow me on Twitter at windycoys. That's coys for come on, you Spurs.
5: Second half of the fighting cock podcast. Thank you very much, Wendy. Thanks, Wendy. Pleasure. Ian, you were saying in in the half. <laughs> no, I'm not going to ask you to repeat all the stuff you were saying. <laughs> don't worry, but, but, uh... Uh, as a journalist, respected journalist, of football, really? Yeah. Well, uh, by God, us, God bless you. By you us. God we bless you. respect you. We respect <laughs> you. But well, um, what, do you hear stuff that you don't like? You hear loads of stuff that don't doesn't make the press. A...
2: Yeah, I mean, you you constantly hear things. Um, I mean, there's there's not many people in football who haven't had a story going round about them, which is incredibly detrimental. But you know, there's an awful lot of rumours in football. Not all of them are true um the the important thing the, this is why almost all stories have to be backed up by two separate sources um but yeah the the rumor mills incredible and, so um,
5: what, what does that mean in terms of so you is, is that what an editor asks of you you have to provide well i mean
2: it's just basic journalistic principles if you heard a rumor about someone you couldn't just run and print it you'd have to uh, they say you have to get it stood up um ideally by as many sources as possible otherwise it would be very easy for you know an agent or a player <coughs> just to say, that manager particularly loves having sex with kittens, and yeah. um, then you run that in the paper, it turns out not to be true, and that's the end of your career. A lot, yeah. of, a lot of good journalists lost that way. On that specific <laughs> rumour, actually, it seems really popular. When I was at university, actually, we had a,
5: a, a lecturer called Rob Steen, and do you remember him?
2: No, because no, we went uh, to the same
5: university. Yeah, yeah me, me and Ian went to the same university, we studied the same course, and neither of us we're finished
2: with degrees. we that? <laughs> yeah. no, right, right. We can, yeah. We can matter, <laughs> I, I, I think the only thing that people have issue with is that we studied. Yeah. <laughs> we were definitely there. Yeah, we were definitely In that there. vicinity. Oh,
5: I remember kind of being there. Yeah, there were but definitely...
2: Was, no, so, I don't... I, uh, to be honest, I don't really remember being there. No, nah, exactly. Um, yeah, but hey, Rob, Rob Steen
5: was saying that the best thing you can have as a journalist is a good uh, good lawyer or at least a good... Uh, <laughs> yeah. A good... A good um, team behind you that will protect what you have to say but you said like uh, two sources but does that mean like you need like a player and or
2: you need to how, how do you prove the
5: sources are true
2: well that will come on the strength of your contacts book you yeah, know there, there will be people that you'll talk to constantly without actually you know using those words just people you have conversations with and and then after a while you'll you'll begin to get a feeling for for what's right and what's not. You also, I think Jeremy Paxman put it best. He said the thing that every journalist needs to ask themselves as they're talking to someone is why is this lying bastard lying to me? Yeah, um, uh, what's his agenda? Yeah, yeah, that's that's usually a good starting point.
0: Without meaning to put you on the spot, do you have a kind of gut feeling about whether Spurs will do any business in the transfer window from things you've been told or things you've overheard in the press box?
2: To be honest, my my new role with ESPN has put me um, mainly in the Midlands and the North East, so uh, my knowledge of Tottenham isn't particularly good. I, to be honest, I, I would be surprised if they did anything major, because I think it's as I was saying before, it's a transitional season and mm-hmm. Pochettino's getting to know all of the players and their their, their strengths and their limitations. I, I think they'll just keep their powder dry and then do something in the summer.
5: What based on your what you've seen of
2: Spurs, where do you, where do you kind of see us finishing? What do you what would you expect us to do? Well I said seventh at the beginning of the season. Um, the encouraging performance on Saturday, which was actually the first time I'd seen Tottenham in the flesh all season, um, suggests that maybe there could be something more, but no one really expected Liverpool to be so poor. Um, Manchester United have had very good results but if you've ever watched them play you'll know that the performances haven't really backed them up Arsenal, I mean, God, what you can make of Arsenal now I don't know, after Sunday um, when they did everything that an Arsenal team is not supposed to do um, Christ knows where they're going to finish I think the only thing you can be fairly sure on is that Chelsea are going to win the title and Man City are going to come second after that I think everything's wide open
5: Okay, fair enough. Uh, the Fighting Cock is sponsored by Calm. 12 men a day commit suicide. It's, thought that it's because we don't talk about our problems. If you're feeling sad or low, talk to someone. It doesn't have to be someone you know. Calm have a helpline open from 5pm until midnight. The number zero eight zero eight eight zero two five eight five eight. They also have a web chat. It's open from 5pm until midnight each day of the week. You can visit them on their website, the calmzone.net. And their Twitter handle is... At the calm zone, so give them a follow. We've got Sheffield United and Leicester in the next seven days. Yeah. You know, two easy, very easy, very easy wins. <laughs> I've yeah. got Spurs have to beat Sheffield United, otherwise, I'm getting a tattoo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah, sorry, I, I should explain. Ian, um, I've, I was so confident that we're going to smash them to bits over two legs that uh, I said that if we hadn't if we don't reach Wembley this year um through the league cup that I'd get a tattoo of the fighting cock logo on my body
2: I don't want to do that <laughs> <laughs> do you, do you have any existing tattoos
5: yeah i've got a few okay I'm um, full of them i've got a sleeve uh but i still don't want a fighting cock tattoo i mean i love the fighting cock obviously it's, it's something that we've all built but um i don't i really don't want the logo tattooed on me I don't know why I'm mentioning it because people could have forgotten and let me off. But, well, I wouldn't have. I wouldn't have forgotten. Thank you. Thank you
6: too. <laughs> <I> got you <laughs> back. Uh, as my friend
5: of two or three years. Uh, thanks for that. I've Got you back. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so I mean, I don't know a great deal about Sheffield United other than they're plodding along in League One. Um, they lost at the weekend to MK Dons. Uh, yes, MK Dons, which is um, horrible. Any time MK with Dons wins is like a win is is like a A dagger to your heart exactly Um, so I I don't know what to expect other than the fact that we're a Premier League football club that does well generally and they're a League One tin pot outfit (laughs) with tin pot fans Oh, <gasps> Sean Bean.
0: Oh. How can you say that about Sean Bean? Fucking Ned Stark. What? Sean Bean dies. Ned
5: Stark. Sean Bean dies in every production that he's ever been in, apart from When Saturday Comes, which is one of the worst films and I've then ever he's, seen. Then his brother died. His brother so died. he brings so death <laughs> with
2: him. <laughs> yeah. A very morbid he character. Radiates mortality. <laughs> <laughs> No, Sheffield United, I was up there in 2007. Uh, I interviewed Brian Robson, who was very briefly the manager there. And the facilities they have there are absolutely incredible. They've got a fantastic academy, a really big stadium, an incredibly loyal fan base. It's amazing that they are where they are. And they have a very good manager in Nigel Clough and a very good cup record. However, over two legs... Really, if you don't do this, you deserve a tattoo. Yeah. <laughs>
5: well, this is what I'm thinking. Mm. I mean, like, but Spurs have a a knack of letting me down.
6: Well, we, um, all, we all remember Burnley, don't we? The last League Cup semi-final we had, we
5: beat them. In, in, we, we beat them. Yeah, but at the end, it was a bit. Um, it was a bit of touch and go, wasn't it? Leeds as well, didn't we? Over two legs. No. Oh no, no, no! Sorry, that's another. They drew. it Replay. Beckford scored in the yeah. last minute, and the need of a penalty. Yeah. Yeah, no. Don't get me wrong. I'm 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 acutely aware of the fact that I could be getting a tattoo. I'm just I, I'm I'm still quite confident that it won't happen. And well, it's more about us getting to Wembley than me getting a tattoo. That's what we need to focus on. I'm confident <laughs> in us getting to Wembley. But the Burnley game was encouraging, even though it took
6: um, us going two 0 down to actually start playing. But it was encouraging that people like Paulinho, players that are on the fringes, are actually trying to get into the first team. So that should give us confidence that you know that we can do the job. But I, want, I really want to have a big lead in the first leg. That, we need to have a big lead in the first leg. We just need to.
0: And ideally keeping a clean sheet to avoid the horrible away goal yeah. as well. I mean, they beat QPR 3-0 away. So yeah. they're, they're, they're no mugs. It was, it was 3-0, 3-0 yeah. And, and they've got this 17-year-old midfielder called Lewis Reid who looks like an actual child. Um, <laughs> and he, he set up one of the goals against QPR. Um, and I noticed today on Twitter that they were, they're doing a Q&A with him or something and they were kind of asking questions from their fans. And Sheffield United fans on Twitter are even more cynical and dark than Spurs fans. <laughs> All the questions seem to be about this kid playing, like winning a competition to play for his side or something. And you're like, this is a 17 year old. He's come through your academy. You'd like be bigging him up. To the max, but no, they're taking the Mickey out of him on Twitter. Well, they they have
2: a saying in Sheffield that Sheffield Wednesday fans would turn up to watch the grass grow. Sheffield United fans would do the same, but they shout at it for the growing <laughs> faster. Yeah, this
0: kind of
5: backed that up actually. <laughs> um, but I kind of kind of like that self-deprecating attitude. It's kind of it, kind of going in line with what Spurs are about. I know we get we get um, dug out by West Ham for being arrogant and cocky, but I think Spurs fans are anything but that. I think we're actually self-deprecating and, and quite aware of our general mediocrity.
6: Well, the Chelsea game was a part of an example. I mean, we were 5-2 up, and we were like, we might lose a <laughs> 6-5. <laughs> <You
5: know,
0: laughs> we see all I, I still
2: don't believe that happened, because I, um, I was doing Stoke Manchester United that day, and so I was on a train coming back down while the game was on, and to be honest, I just thought, that's Tottenham nil, Chelsea 2. That's done, and then I only found out the result when I got home. I still haven't seen the highlights, so I'm just (laughs) part of my brain is just thinking, nah. (laughs) I just can't. I can
5: describe the highlights to you, can you, uh, minute by minute. I've seen it that many times. <laughs> it's like one in time, should I watch porn or... No? Let's, watch a, let's watch the Spurs-Chelsea game. It's Spurs porn,
0: isn't it? Yeah. But if you thought Harry Kane was uh, joyful in the something games then this was the absolute extreme version of that, he was running about dominating Gary Cahill like you wouldn't believe and then just putting the ball in the bottom corners. He actually got dropped, Cahill, I he think. He did. Yeah they, so played, yeah, they they did drop He him was scarred.
6: He was yeah. scarred by that game.
5: But um, He did get ruined, didn't he? Well, yeah. Ruined. (laughs) Shell of a man. (laughs) (laughs) So much (laughs) like you, just kicking out of people. (laughs) He got petrol in the
7: back. Yeah. Kicked
5: him in the back. He said, "You're just too good, Kane. I'm gonna kick you in the fucking back." Kick the joy out of you. Yeah. And then stamped on his leg. What a bad person, Gary Cahill.
6: But um, but no, I mean we're actually doing quite well in the cups this season. We're still in the Europa League. Um, we've got a favourable draw in the FA Cup at home to Leicester. And we've got same with Fionnac at Sheffield I, I. mean, Cup treble, winning the league as well. well yeah. We've well, 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 we got, some, we got we're
5: four chain. treble. Yeah. <laughs> you
6: know, we've got four-chain points left to play for. You know, every week I do this.
5: <laughs> <laughs> 16 games left. <laughs> Don't stop believing. We can still win this league. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ian, what? Why are you laughing?
2: I did a nervous reaction.
6: <laughs> 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 we, all, we all believe here. I mean, I saw a stat that... Um, by the end of March, we've got the most into the top six potentially. We've got eighteen games between now and the end of March if we, you know, win all, uh, all our games and stuff. And um, Southampton only have eleven in the well, same period.
5: Well, so. I mean, that's probably going to count against us. But you think, well, how would you prioritise it then? Um, I wouldn't mind finishing seventh, if you said, Ian, and winning a cup or two. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. if you won the League Cup and UEFA Cup, we get into the Champions League for one, so the top four doesn't even matter.
6: I hope oh, finish fourth.
5: though, That happens. It doesn't matter anymore, does it? No, but then everyone, everyone gets in. In. No. No. It's no, an no, additional no. place. What?
6: Is
2: it? Yeah.
6: Oh, for fuck's sake! Yeah, they changed <laughs>
5: it
2: after Chelsea and Spurs. Yeah. So, so you guys get stiffed, and then they change the rules. Yeah. yeah. So we have to enter the competition. Like Nothing that. else encapsulates supporting Tottenham yeah, like yeah. that.
5: <laughs> but I wouldn't. I, I I love it. I love it. That's what I want. I want. to go in in July. I want to go in, <laughs> in July. I don't want it. it's someone said finishing, um, going in July or going in. In August, and you haven't played that, that, um, what was the it the young boys? Yeah, the, like the young boys and stuff. I'll take July. Yeah, I said win it the you? fucking hard way. <laughs> Not win it proper or don't go, don't go in. <laughs> Just let's play, let's play as many games as we can in the season. <laughs> How many games are we got? 70 this season? G- g- give me ridiculous. more. I want more games. <laughs> <laughs> more fucking games. More! More! Um, and then Leicester, yeah, on Saturday, uh, in the FA Cup, they're gonna drop some players we're going to drop some players I think it might be similar to, to Burnley
7: yeah
0: yeah. I mean Leicester always won because on Boxing Day they were absolutely fantastic against us and somehow we beat them um, and the difference on that day was that they didn't have a, a striker who played well and we did um, but now they've signed Andre Kramaric I believe it is who scored 28 and 31 for Rijeka in Croatia yes.
5: Is would be his debut would
0: it £9 million pound signing he's he's played for them already he played at the weekend but he came on the as a sub this will probably be his first start and I've seen a rumour that he's actually got some deal going on with Chelsea I think the, his agent has several players on Chelsea's books yeah. and it sounds like Chelsea might have some interest in him either at the end of the season or next season so this could eff- effectively be a stepping stone to something better depending on how he does so he's obviously highly rated
5: Spurs also looking at him I think I saw wow. some yeah there were definite
0: rumours yeah.
5: we'll see I guess um and you said you know a little bit about Leicester.
2: Yeah, I've seen Leicester a couple of times in the last few months. Um I, I was actually very confident of their chances of survival um this year because when I watched them in the championship they were the organization is, is is evident in in the way that they play their shape is really good and usually when you've got that that's enough of a foundation to keep you going. Um but they they had that horrible run where they couldn't win a game and it was it was almost all appalling luck. They'd if one had gone in off someone's ass, it would have turned everything around and they'd now be about fourteenth, fifteenth. They are a decent side. They they will miss uh Marez, who's in the African Nations, who's one of the most creative and sprightly players. Um, but they still have they they still have talent and, and I have to I have to say something which will not do the opinion of journalists in people's eyes any good at all. Um, but not only do we get paid to go and watch football for free, uh, we get fed as well. And there's usually like a pre-match meal, which at Leicester is very good. There's also half-time snacks, which are invariably pies. Um, <laughs> so if you're in the press box, you can actually just go down at half-time. Somewhere warm, there's free drinks, there's free food. There is little wonder that everybody hates journalists. But when, you, when you're actually working, uh, as I do, where you have to file about a 1,000 words on the full-time whistle, you, you can't go down at half-time, you can't get your pie. So it's it's you see all your friends going off, they're getting free pies, you're not getting anything, you're still sat there typing, your diamond shoes are too tight, your gold scarf is constricting your neck. Um but at Leicester, they have a man with a wicker basket full of pies who comes up to the press what box a man. Wow. for the people left behind and gives you a pie. Oh, what? Right. So yeah, that's, for, the, that's for that reason, I nothing it? but love for Leicester. We used
6: steal him. We, we stole Paul Mitchell. Steal we, him too. Yeah, <laughs> we need that pie man. Yeah. Steal their pie
5: man.
2: Write good stuff about Spurs. Here's a pie. Bring yeah. your wicker basket full of pastry wares. That is bribery, though, isn't it? Oh, completely, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, I've never written a bad word about Leicester. Never <laughs> will again.
5: Good <laughs> <laughs> um Pearson was... Uh, he, he was he was less the Leicester manager and doing they did very well and he moved on and then he come back that's right isn't it yeah yes. a Hull, I think it was Hull yeah was it Hull
6: I believe it was Hull but
5: yes. he he came back and it was kind of like the Eddie Howe syndrome he did the same thing at Bournemouth went to Burnley and then went back to Bournemouth and Bournemouth a, a Preston flight. I think.
2: Eddie oh, was it Preston? Yeah, I might be wrong. He I've was, said he that was now. definitely
0: at Burnley.
5: I'm pretty was sure.
2: he Yeah, he did very badly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He may have been at Preston. I'll, I'll as just well. go. I want twenty thousand pounds. <laughs> <laughs> you can have them. They'll treat you mean.
5: <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, he, 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 he has done an amazing job, and it's—I know he's getting some stick actually because he spends a lot of time in the um, in the director's box, or at least up in the upper tiers. Or as, as like an offence. as Sherwood, <laughs> uh, oh, is, he, is he quite open
2: about his? Well, I thought that that clip. I thought he said he was offside, but everyone else said "fuck off and die." <laughs> uh, there's quite a gulf, obviously, in, in tone and
6: message. What uh, was that? Sorry, I don't know. They the, told a fan to "fuck off and die" apparently, and, he's, and he got and he wouldn't apologise. Got taken to the FA, said I'm not apologising. There you Good. go. Good, standing well. like that,
5: man of principle. Well, actually, your your uh, your manager, Phil Brown. Is it Phil Brown? Yes. Yeah, he he had a bit of a to do, didn't he, at the weekend at Southend. He
2: he did, he was uh, removed
5: from uh, the yeah. field of operations because uh, they they were he was on. I listened to an interview. I had him on TalkSport, and it's amazing actually that given, I mean he's
0: he's a bit of a joke. I mean, he's oh, a, sorry, come on, Permattan H- manager. What could it, possibly
2: he's... be funny about a bright orange man who sings <laughs> in public all the time? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I will not hear of this. But he's doing a great job at Southend. I mean you're he, six in the league, he's doing very well. I mean, the, the problem with Southend, I. I Forgive the listeners for banging on about this. Uh, we don't really entirely own our stadium or training ground, or have any real assets on the team. It's constantly made of loanies, free transfers, and anyone who happens to be in town with their boots on the day. Um, so to have the team performing as well as they are is is, is no mean feat. I was very surprised that he didn't leave um, when a few people were sniffing around him. Um, he he is he's all right, you know, Phil Brown. He's okay, but I he did a great job at Hull. He did for. <laughs> Certainly, the initial period, but I, I can't look the man in the eyes now because occasionally we cross paths. He does a lot of work for Radio 5. And when he first took over at South End, um, it was, I think, six to eight games before he won his first game. And I saw him the day after he had won his first game. And I went over, I said, uh, Hi, I'm Ian McIntyche. I'm a South End fan, just want to say, you know, welcome to the club, have a nice little chat with him. And then, you know when you say something and you don't know why you're saying it, it just tumbles out yeah, of your yeah, mouth? Yeah, all the time. I just went, congratulations on the win. Hit the ground running, eh? <laughs> <laughs> and he just looked at me as if to say, for ten minutes you've been really nice and now you've been a bastard. Why, why you that? <laughs> and now I just... Part of me hopes that he leaves the club at some point so I can, whoever the next manager is, I can just go back, hi, I'm Ian McAdosh, welcome to the club, and not, you know, insult him. All right,
5: so let's, let's do some round the tables. Uh, you... Uh, Ian, is an unbiased fan of football, and us as biased Tottenham Hotspur fans, I think we're going to win both games five 0
6: <laughs> <laughs> I think I think we'll declare at four against Sheffield United. <laughs> just walk it's, off the pitch. Yeah, I think we'll just declare. <laughs> just
5: fuck off. And i, and I you're think, shit. I
6: think
0: Leicester will just. Um, I think we'll. I think Leicester will probably let, score one against them. One 0
5: One 0 Yeah.
0: I think the Sheffield United game will be very, very, very close until we score, one and then I think we'll probably go on to score a couple more, and hopefully three 0 Leicester, I'm a little bit more worried about. Um, I think it will depend on how we rotate the squad over the next couple of games because we've got probably significant issues with playing Kane and Eriksen into the ground with the amount of running they do. And people are constantly saying, oh, you know, we have to play our strongest team against Sheffield United. And my argument is, well, if Kane is at 50% because he's suffering from fatigue, is that really your strongest team? Uh, But I think we do have to try and get as as many minutes as we can out of Kane over the next two games, because it's vital that we win both. Um, So after all that ramble, I'll probably say 2-1 against Leicester. What was the score for that?
2: 3-0. I think you'll beat Leicester. I don't think that will pose too many problems. I don't think Leicester will be too concerned. They'll have their eyes on uh, other prizes like staying up. However, I think you'll get your noses slapped against Sheffield United, at least in the opening exchanges. Because Tottenham can't ever do anything easily. That's I think true. you will get to Wembley, you will make the final, but I think that'll be, it'll be a bit scary for a little while. Ian, but you know
5: what? I've never liked anything you've written. <laughs> <laughs> Not a single
2: thing. Not a single thing.
5: I hated every single word. And I don't know how you've made a career out of it. Neither do I. Really don't. <laughs> no, fair enough. That is likely to happen. I just hope. I just, For my own nerves and my own skin... That uh, that doesn't happen.
0: I mean, memories of playing Leicester in the Cup really is the 1999 Wembley Cup final. Oh. The Alan, Alan Nielsen diving header yeah. to win it, and, With 10 men. and, and oh, no. Edinburgh being sent off for throwing a punch at Robbie Savage. Right, yeah. There so is a greater
2: memory for that game, which was Robbie Savage oh. substituted towards the end. Trying to do that footballer thing where you blow a stream of snot out of your nostril, <laughs> yes. and he was the only person who didn't know that he'd succeeded only in leaving about three foot of snot dangling yes. out of his nostril while walking off with the camera up close on him and this just swinging about like a big oh, greasy Jesus, pendulum.
5: <laughs> I remember the, the the week after I went to YR Lane and we'd play we got Leicester again, and they played the video. Uh, was George Graham was in charge then I'm pretty sure he was was. and uh, George Graham apparently pleaded with the club not to play this video of us uh, winning and lifting the trophy against Leicester and at Wyatt Lane they beat us the next week 2-0 I think Robbie Savage scored as well
6: oh my Uh, god it was really
5: bad I mean you might have to check that out we definitely lost 2-0 I I definitely as a child how old would I have been Uh, about 17-16 went there um, expecting us to smash them you know we beat them with ten nil at Wem- uh, sorry ten men at Wembley, uh, and, and yeah they come back and, and smash us, which is very very Spursy. That's you know, the way it is. <laughs> uh, okay, look, we're not sure how this feature is going to go. We're going to do it one more time. We're going to give it one more because a lot of people complain and they don't care, but it's very rarely that a man doesn't masturbate for 19 days. And uh, yeah. heroes and villains from the Fighting Cop Forum... He- I-,
2: I was only here to talk about football. <laughs> so I don't know what ideas you've got. Well, you, could, you could- Is that door locked?
5: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, lock's in. Maybe get some ideas from this. He-, he wants to basically enhance his inner power and not release it through... Uh, mast- Releasing it. Yeah, yeah masturbating. And uh, he-, he, uh, he-, he basically went out to a nightclub on Friday, met a stunning redhead, in his own words. He, he managed to get a number, but went no further. He found it tough going... <laughs> he even got a boner when he went for a wee. What? But still, I don't know how that happens how right. 19 days and counting, his mates are all set on getting him some action. Um, and he's got another party coming up soon, but he's
2: 19 days strong. So he's not going to release anything of and his own accord? He's allowed to have sex.
6: For 2015. How is he even just
2: walking past furniture without having sex? Well, right really? right yeah. It's true, or getting on a bus, or... <laughs>
6: The bus vibrating, yeah.
5: Yeah, it's, I I mean, all power to him. And that's why we're supporting him, basically. He's doing something positive with his life. Is he? Well, is he, though? But maybe, maybe. I That's it's
2: interesting. I, I, for one, will tune in week after week now <laughs> just to find out what happens.
0: He's dedicating his body to science. If his friend, I'd steer clear, because I think he's going to be a very pent-up, frustrated man who's ready to lash out at any moment. Well,
2: I think there's going to be an explosion, and for Christ's sake, I don't want to be anywhere near <laughs> that blast radius. <laughs> no way. There is going to be some point in the next year, if he carries
5: us on, where he has a very embarrassing situation, in at work or wherever. <laughs>
6: Have you seen American Pie in, um Shannon Elizabeth touches the blow, again. yeah, yeah. Yes. that's
5: him. Basically, he doesn't really want to go out and pull a bird if that's what he's pent up. I mean, he literally he wouldn't get through the front door. <laughs> I,
2: mean, I, I can't get through the front door now, and I uh, daily three or four times a day. Sometimes but they say you never get a second chance to make a first impression. I think he's <laughs> really going to learn this lesson. Yeah, so yeah, just all right, just knock it out. Let's get it
5: over and done with. Basically, anyway. Heroes uh, and villains, we salute you. Questions. Uh, Flonius, somehow your ego has surpassed you and you've included your own question in Mindy a running order.
0: <coughs> I did not. Well, it wasn't me. <laughs> well, whatever. There's no, a I question was from, was
6: from
5: you from outside. I thought it was a rubbish question, but someone put it in. I swear to God, it wasn't me. It was me, really. There you go. Uh, Wendy, you had the uh, uh, last time we were recording, you had a, a, an, an alert. I think it happened again tonight. Tonight yeah. was different. It was a different <laughs> alert. A different alert. Yeah. <laughs> That said, um, put bins out. Yeah. As we discussed. (laughs) So we're trying to record a podcast, trying to be professional, and your alert came up on your uh, uh, iPad iPad that says put bins out. What's the most mundane uh, reminder on your phone? I don't have any. I don't have the wherewithal. I don't really
6: use mine. I only use it for doctor's appointments and stuff. Is,
5: Is put bins out the most mundane thing we've ever read?
0: What, what popped up on your your Do you want to know what popped up earlier? Well, I don't know. Record podcast. <laughs> <laughs> in case
7: you I forgot. Was, it, it was in my diary that I was coming here tonight.
5: <laughs> one <laughs> of the most more ones tragic ones would be, like, make love. <laughs> make love to a woman. That was classic intercourse.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I think that um, heroes and villains should have don't wank every day, every every minute of every day. <laughs> every single one. It's probably written on the back of his hand.
2: Just, yeah. Just in case... That's, that's the first place
6: you'd
5: see it, exactly. I guess. Well, sometimes, if you're feeling a bit fruity, you use your left hand. It feels like someone else is doing it. <laughs> Stranger. You know the old the clichéd one about if you put, if you sit on both your hands, it feels like someone else is doing it to someone else? <laughs> sit on your own hands for five minutes. I'm going
6: to elaborate but I think we should move on. All right,
5: let's move on. Um, what does this mean for best... Tottenham Thunderbastard of all time. What does Thunderbastard mean Ian? Uh Thunderbastard,
2: I'm glad you asked. Uh Thunderbastard is a shot driven with uh with unnatural power, usually <laughs> into the top corner and always from range. <laughs> 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 I've got one already. So Bentley's uh Thunderbastard against Arsenal in the uh, four all draw okay, yeah. stands out immediately.
5: Ah oh, god, I, there's so many now. Uh I I was gonna say Huddleston. Against whom? Uh Man City. Uh, the yeah, th- yeah, the yeah, the folly But Mabizela.
0: Still, <laughs> I've got written down because there's left the connection as well. It makes sense. Mabizela. That old God, John. Old, old John. Bulelo, Old you, John. Ian, yeah, do you know
5: what we're talking about? No. Do you remember Mabizela? There's no reason why you should. No. We bought him from South Africa from
0: Orlando, Orlando Pirates. Pirates.
6: David Pleet
5: bought him. Yeah, and we oh. no. David, David Pleet didn't buy him. I mean, technically he did, <laughs> but the he was the, on his watch. Worldwide marketing director bought Mabizela. And uh, he did very little. He played maybe seven or eight games for Spurs, maybe more, but scored an absolute thunder bastard against Leicester. And it was incredible. Uh, an amazing goal. It just literally, exactly how you described it. Like straight a, rocket. The, a rocket. straight in the top corner. That's, that, that's a big thunder you, bastard. You because get double points fair.
2: if the ball doesn't. Kind of spin. If you can read the brand name of the ball yeah. as it rises oh, up into the net, yeah. that that's double points. Yeah,
5: I mean, has H- got a few. He saw one against Arsenal. Where? Oh, that uh, one. That yeah, where Van der Vaart tried to flick it, but yeah. it just was so fast through his legs that he couldn't. Uh, one against Stoke, I think. Uh, Matt, yeah, Halderson had a few.
7: Yeah.
5: Oh, what about uh, Walker's Thunder Bastard against uh, Arsenal? Arsenal. Yeah. Oh yeah. And uh, well, to be fair, Chesney should have saved it.
2: Thunderbastard almost got me killed once. I was watching um, <laughs> South End away uh, at West Ham, and uh, we'd, we'd sold out the away end, so I was sat in the Bobby Moore stand uh, amid the West Ham fans. And our Irish midfielder Kevin Mayer hit a shot from 30 yards that spanked off the crossbar and away. And I've been really good, I've been sat on my hands all the way. I've been boring from my lips, I didn't say anything, but there's something about a shot that powerful that, that just breaks down all your resolve. So I actually stood up and went, Oh! <laughs> and then suddenly noticed all these claret heads turning around to me and went why won't you mark him up he's dangerous <laughs> and that's why I'm standing here today <laughs> uh, I would
6: have to say Eric Edmund against Liverpool oh, oh yes. that was what a hit oh, it was a thunderbust uh, by the way questions from Aaron Lovegrove on Facebook that was great what you got You've got Mabuzela.
0: Yeah, I went with so Mabuzella. Mabuzella, yeah, yeah. But there's tons. I, I love that game as well. Um, 2 bad one? We went 1-0 down in that match against Leicester because Casey Keller let one basically through his legs. And then Mabuzela scored the equaliser and Canute scored the winner. Wasn't it 2-2 that game? Was I it think 2-1? it was 2-1, yeah. We won. Pretty sure we won
5: 2-1. Absolutely. And uh, Trunk sent in a uh, very serious question. We should probably have done this earlier because uh, I'm feeling a little bit drunk. But he uh, says... <laughs> Banning selfie sticks—an attack on freedom—is it an attack on freedom of expression? Well, we've already made our feelings clear on this. But it, I, it, to, to kind of, from a journalistic point of view, I mean, what what do you think? I mean,
2: I, I find the whole act of taking pictures at a game just a bit weird. You you get so many games now where people are holding up iPads mm-hmm. and taking pictures, and you're like. You see the guys with the really brightly colored tabards on them ringing the pitch they 're professional photographers with professional cameras, and the pictures will be available for about thirty p in tomorrow 's papers mm. and you're you 've paid fifty sixty seventy quid to be at this game you 're not even watching it you 're watching it through the lens of your ipad right. i don't i don 't understand they 're never going to be good pictures they 're never going to be like memorable pictures I, I I can see a lot you know in the and the argument that people are maybe there for the first time ever and they want to take a picture of themselves and that's fine, I guess it's still a bit narcissistic, but I, I don't know. It, it just it, it's it's a bit weird. I I think the freedom of
5: expression thing or, or, or denying fun as we, we were we were accused because Ian we 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 came up with this idea to use the the very strict uh, safety rules that are imposed on football fans against the club and the people that impose those rules by saying that safety sti- um, sorry, safety sti- uh, selfie sticks were an infringement on safety. Well, in- there, are, there are very few excuses
2: for getting a large pole into a game. An extendable Tuesday, pole. So, unless well. it's Arsenal and he's your goalkeeper. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah. um, no, I, I, I just think they're a bit odd. Just hand your phone to another human being. Talk to another human being and say, Hi, I'm, I'm really having a great time. Please take a picture of me. Yeah. You know, and hope they don't nick your phone. I mean, at at Tottenham,
5: it it would probably end up being thrown on the pitch, (laughs) unless you're a tourist and you don't understand the rules of of, uh, Neanderthal football support.
0: I mean, to answer Trunk's question, it's not an attack on the freedom of self-expression, because you can still take a picture of yourself without a stick. (laughs) Yes.
5: Yeah. It's just it's closer than, than two yeah. foot away. You're
2: generally, authentic. as a human being, fitted with two large appendages. Yeah. Within. And there are other
0: human beings around you who could also push a button if yeah. required. And
2: it's not their fault, but we're helping them look less like a
5: cunt. Yeah, but that's the thing about Don't take it as an assault on your freedom of expression. Taking us helping you look less like <laughs> a dickhead. It's caring the community. It yeah. is, yeah. absolutely. I mean, if you feel the need to bring in a selfie stick, Into a stadium, then you probably shouldn't be there if I'm being honest. Yeah,
7: Yeah.
6: I'm gonna play my time myself. Yeah,
5: you don't have to say anything there (laughs) 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 diplomatic silence. Yeah, um, yeah, so I mean, that's kind of it, really. I, I, I kind of, that's how I feel.
0: Uh, not on selfie sticks, but I've just—it just occurred to me that we um, we have a player on loan at South End that we haven't mentioned, um, Shaq Coulthirst. Shaq was, Diesel. And Ian won't be aware of this, but at one of the first—it might have even been the first 1882 event. So we turned up um, in a small group of fifty to a hundred people. Would you say? Where
5: well, Charlton? Yeah. No, it was two hundred and fifty. Was that many? Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Wow. So we turned up to watch under eighteen game, and I believe it was the one where Coulthurst was there, and uh, yeah, it was he. He was playing in the Youth Cup for one of the first times and we supported the team um, riotously, very loudly, yeah. <laughs> yeah. throughout, um, singing songs for each of the individual players, which they obviously loved and appreciated. And Shaq first was one of the first to come over at the end and kind of applaud the fans Aww. and have a little dance in front of us yeah. and Aww. he was loving it. Yeah, just kind of wanted to get your thoughts on Coolthirst. Um, I,
2: I can't give you any first-hand thoughts because I haven't been there all season. Um, but he's he's very popular. He's not really getting much of a game, um, coming off the bench at best. He's got big Barry Core in front of him. Um, big Barry Corey is the kind of person who can only exist in lower levels of football um, He has an arse bigger than your entire I body you a style. <laughs> Yeah, he's, yeah. Uh, he's, a, he's a big lad um, But he, he is very popular But Phil Brown today um, was forced to kind of deny that Tottenham were calling him back So that they can put him out to Stevenage So that he can get more of a game So he may not be at Southend that much longer But from, from all I've heard from people who've seen him He's doing very, very well Wendy, what do you think about him? Because right, it's a difficult position for a striker
5: to come through. I mean, Harry Kane's a, an anomaly, surely.
0: Yeah, and Coulthorst has mostly, throughout his career, played on the left of a four-three-three and been one to cut in and get shots away. So to play as a lone striker in a 4-5-1 or even as a second striker in a four-four-two would probably be slightly unnatural for him. I mean, I'd probably see him making a career in upper league one or lower championship, but he might surprise me and go on and do bigger and better things. I mean... He, the good thing about him is he's very enthusiastic and he buzzes around and works his socks off and that's kind of the, the minimum you ex- expect, certainly at that level. And like we've seen with Kane, just being a nuisance like that can cr- cause ha- havoc and you know, defenders make mistakes and he, he can be there to pounce on them. How so old is he? I think he's nearly 20 now. So about the, the kind he's of old. age. He's getting to that point where he needs a, needs a kind of proper season of getting regular football to see...
5: He may make a, you know, a, a, a career out of going on loan forever, like a beaker.
0: Yeah, or, old, or old, old, old Townsend was going that Townsend. Way yeah, chance,
5: Townsend did or... nine line spells, didn't he? Yeah. I think mean, Kane did about six or seven.
0: Yeah, um, and a lot of people have said a lot of negative things about Kane's low moods because he didn't always impress. But that well, stuff so, yeah. was one, I mean. And Norwich, he didn't really do a great deal. I mean, Leicester, he had some good games. He played. Well, he saw
5: the celebration. Yeah. He didn't give a fuck, did he? <laughs> he started scoring. And he's life. like, "Fuck
0: you!" Yeah, yeah, yeah,
5: yeah. <laughs> he's like, "Yeah, I might have played here, but it was shit. I hated every minute." You stink, and your clips are rubbish.
0: Fuck Gary <in> <laughs> Nica. He obviously hadn't had a pie brought to him in a wicker basket. No, that <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. that's
2: true. That's
5: the way to a man's heart. <laughs> well, that's it from the Fighting Cock Podcast. Ian, want to thank you so much for coming down. Oh no, thank, thank you. you for having me. Nice. No, it's, it's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, Windy, thanks again. Thank you. T. Thank you. See you next week. You will do. (laughs) And I've been Flav, and this has been the Flying Cup Podcast. It's Engineer Al. Um, Just to let you know, I'm running a monthly event down here in Brighton called Bohemian Ballroom. It's the best thing ever in the world. If you want to
0: know about that, follow me on Twitter, at EngineerAl88. And now I'd just like to highlight Flav's favourite noise to make.
4: Chumba. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchases. Full work was by law.
7: 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.